Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of GameSpot After Dark, GameSpot's official gaming podcast. My name is Jake Decker. I'm your host and I'm here with Jean-Luc Seipke. Hello, hello. Lucy James. Hello. And Callie Plaguey. Hello. This is the first episode. We've been trying to get this off the ground for a long time. We've recorded many an episode. We've recorded many episodes. And finally, here we are. Episode one. It's not out yet. Yeah, it's not out yet, but it will be soon. <laughs> Tomorrow. If you're listening to this, then it definitely got out, so that's cool. Uh, but this is something we've been working on for a while now. Uh, I think ever since the lobby ended, one of the top comments a lot of us get, tweets we get, is, where's the lobby? Where's the GameSpot podcast? And we've been thinking about that for a long time. We've been trying to do something, and we finally landed on this. This is sort of going to be a casual gaming podcast. We're going to talk about games. We're going to talk about other things. Whatever we kind of want to talk about week to week, but we also want to include you guys. So at the end of each episode, we're going to include listener questions, and we might expand that later on. But for now, we're just going to start with listener questions and see what you guys think. Yeah, we're going to start humble and then go expand from there. Yeah, keep... blow up. Yeah, our main goal is to blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, why is it called After Dark, Jake? Well, originally. This was going to be the unofficial GameSpot podcast, and we were going to call it After Dark, and it was going to be seedy, and we were going to talk about, we were going to say cuss words and things like that. But then they decided they wanted to adopt us, and they didn't want us to be unofficial. I'm talking That's about the man, by the way. Mm. But we can, still say, we, we, we can still say cuss words, though, right? Uh, don't say the F word. We're not I mean, allowed to say the F word at all? Well, I mean, you can. You I just have to bleep a, you, it out. Oh, wait, you get an explicit. You can get an explicit tag. And we get an explicit tag. Okay, so no F-bombs. That's fine. That's we fine. can cope with that. Don't have Michael on the podcast then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, how this is structured, at least for now, we're going to start out by talking about what we're playing. Uh, and this section could include games that aren't out yet, uh, that we can talk about, games that we previewed, um, games we're currently playing, whether old or new. They could just be movies we saw recently or TV shows or anime. You love <laughs> anime. Don't pretend like you don't. <laughs> Never Secretly seen anime before. Anime. Yeah, you love anime. All right. Anyway, John Luke, do you want to start? What have you been playing? I've been playing Fire Emblem, which is hella anime. Thank you. <laughs> John Luke came to work and he was like, I have no I I had no idea that Fire Emblem was anime. And I was like, What are you talking about? Where have you been? And he's like, I thought it was just like Western fantasy with an anime aesthetic. And I was like, No man. It's really anime. It's super anime. Like the opening in that game is this green-haired girl on like a throne and she's like talking to you through <laughs> your head and you, she can like freeze time and i'm like oh it's this kind of game yeah <laughs> i i i had a birthday recently and i have a bunch of birthday money and i have just been hovering over the buy button you'll button. definitely get your money's worth this game is long <laughs> i know but that's the thing though i don't want to like encroach on yours too much but i'm, I'm playing other stuff no, and i, I want to finish before i sink mm my life into it yeah no that was that was me i like finished wolfenstein and uh kill a kill as well because i was like all right i want to get everything out of the way because i got like a month to just play Ooh. fire emblem before uh. everything else comes out yeah that's the way to do it because i'm 110 hours in now and i'm still like I, I feel like i haven't slowed down this is my second playthrough and i am still enjoying it yeah every night i'm like this is what i get home this is what i want to play i'm also 110 hours in now I'm extremely early. I'm only a couple hours, so I don't know if I have too much to say that hasn't already been said by everyone on the internet for the last couple weeks, but I really like it a whole lot. Uh, I picked Golden Deer. They are the uh, the pastel gays. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pastel meme patrol. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, Jan from Giant Bomb posted a... a an image that was like what it's like hang, uh, being part of the Golden Deer, and it's just uh, the cast of Recess. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, yes, uh, I I love them. They're great. The uh, also uh, Evan posted in one of the Slack channels the 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 voice actor for Claude as a YouTube channel. I don't know if you guys watch some of his videos, <laughs> but they're they're pretty good. It's like because Polygon wrote an article about how you have to or how black eagles are the most popular ones and that's what everyone's picking and he made a response video to polygon <laughs> and he like we're outlawing polygons from now on wow <laughs> yeah it's pretty good he he's pretty active on twitter he like he like complimented me for my review and stuff wow oh. yeah he seems he seems really cool mm. i i feel bad though i do play in japanese same but i oh. my partial reasoning for that is that i 
like to practice listening skills in Japanese, and I don't really have a lot of opportunities to do that. And it's really fun because sometimes I'm like, I understood that. And I get really proud of myself. Like, wow, something is sticking. I understood something. John Luke, I know you're early, but who's Mm -hmm. like your favorite character so far? Hold on, hold on. I'm going to rephrase this question. Who's your best girl and who's your best boy so far? I don't even remember half their names, to be honest. Describe them. Uh, I can answer. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, I don't know if I like her, but there's this one girl in the golden deer with like red hair. Hilda. Leonie. I think it's Leonie. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. She reminds me a lot of Chie aesthetically. Yep. Yep. That's Leonie. But but I don't know if that's like, I haven't got a chance to really, she has a weird obsession with my, uh, your character's like dad. And I'm like, ah, that's kind of weird. But. Oh, okay. Um. Not in like a no 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 she just like like a weird way no 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 she she well I won't say anything yeah she's worth talking to I would talk to her more okay so she seems cool yeah I like her um I really I actually like a lot of the characters from the Blue Lions they have those students are great yeah I just didn't care for Dimitri as much which is why I went with Golden Deer um. I liked uh, a- Ash, the one with the freckles. The oh yeah, uh, I want to let the record show that John Luke's girlfriend described him as the blue-haired twink. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. has gray hair, but I knew who she meant. Yes. <laughs> There's also a kid with blue hair who had a Casper, but he's not. A, he's not. A... No, no. He's just annoying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but. I don't know. It's too early to say. Mm. I, I need to like explore and, and, and talk. Right now, it's just a lot of like a day starts and I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes wandering around and talking to everybody. Yeah. I still do that in this game. Yeah. I've See, I, I don't anymore. I only talk to the characters I need to just because I've had those conversations oh, already. Oh, sure. Second playthrough. Oh, right? no. I'm, I'm like trying to get every last detail from... Because when you play the different house, you get like slightly different slightly details different about the same. So like the first half um, is like the same overall A plot, right? And there's like different, there's like some different B plots you can you can get attached to, and every character has their own like, like if you talk to a certain character, you might get more information about some mis- mystery thing. Oh, and it's, there's it's that cool. one character, uh, Golden Deer, the redhead. He's the guy who like uh, always is like, oh, the women here look so attractive. Oh, Sylvain, the blue yeah. lines guy. So like, you can just immediately recruit him if you're a female. Yeah, if, if, you're a female. if you're a female, female. And so at first he's like, oh, hey, teach, like you guys are gonna, you know, have to attack those bandits. That that sounds rough. And then like, I was like, hey, do you want to join my my uh, class? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then immediately he's just like, oh man, we have to fight bandits now. Like that's rough. So. It seems like they, yeah, like write different dialogue for mm. the different characters. Yeah, there's there's like some differences, but you'll you'll also get like different details about the same events that are oh. happening in that first half. The second half is really changes depending on who you pick. But like right. that first half, you're getting like like I was texting Jake last night because we're at the same point. I'm playing Black Eagles right now. He's playing Golden Deer, and so he's already played a Black Eagles run through. So I'm like. I didn't get this information in Golden in in Blue Lions. I am just now finding out that this character is X, mm-hmm. and I did not know that at all for the first hundred hours, wow. which mm. is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like different characters from different houses can form bonds with each other. So if you like have dinner together with people, um, you can start to get support conversations between like, for example, Edelgard in the Black Eagles can she doesn't really form supports with a lot of characters outside of the black eagles because she's like a house leader so she can't be recruited to another house but if you recruit someone as the black eagles um she doesn't she the only person so far that like the only other student is lysithia from golden deer and their conversations are really interesting because Mm. there's like details that i did not know that i'm just like i'm gonna be playing this game for the rest of my life Well, I'm going to cut off Fire Emblem talk for now because we're going to come back to Fire Emblem mm. a little bit later. Uh, but Lucy, what about you? So I am partying like it's 2015 again because last weekend I finished uh, Blood and Wine, the yeah. Witcher DLC. The weekend, like a couple weeks before that, I finished the main game. I finished Hearts of Stone. Uh, it's kind of always been this black spot on my gaming record that I never properly finished The Witcher. Um, and so I had some time and I went back to it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved the DLC more. Uh, Jake and I have been talking about this quite a lot because for me, I loved, while I loved the main game, having this overarching plot of end of the world mm-hmm. sort of stuff doesn't really do it for me. It makes me feel like I have to rush through the main story and I have to 
basically ignore a lot of the side stuff. Whereas the side stuff in Witcher is so good. Yeah. Whereas I think the, the both DLCs were better paced in that regard because it wasn't an end of the world type scenario. I yeah. mean, in Blood and Wine, I guess there was this ongoing investigation, mm-hmm. but you could still, it felt like there was less pressure on me to rush through that. Yeah, I always feel bad in games with like, it's time to save the world. But after I do some random shit for 20 hours. After we yeah. go on a date. Yeah, yeah. like after Garrus and I are going to go shoot some cans on the Citadel. Yeah. It's fine. The Reapers will hold off, guys. <laughs> they made a literal DLC where you go have a party before you have to go yeah. save the galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think out of the two, I liked the story of Hearts of Stone mm-hmm. more, but I liked the new area and. Uh, the way that fairy tales are sort of integrated into Tucson. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. There's that, I don't want to spoil it because I know you're still playing it, but there's that really beautiful, weird section in oh, Blood and Wine. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know well, I know Callie's did. still oh, playing Callie. it, so I don't want to spoil it. But yeah. like, there's that really interesting, weird section that it like it, it even more plays with those fairy tales yeah. in, a, in a very smart and fun way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did Witcher. Uh, I picked up Wolfenstein and... Unfortunately for me, I guess I just can't play id tech games anymore. Just it, complete motion sickness. Yeah, mm. so oh, no. bad. I made Was this it. Young blood or like young blood. Okay. So I didn't actually have this problem with Wolfenstein one or two. Young blood, woof. I, especially because I'm playing by myself. The AI is not good. The, par- no. the partner AI. There's points where I I almost clipped them and tweeted the video but then I didn't want to kind of be that person but like there's me dying getting shot at and then I crawled around a corner so we're in the safe section and my sister didn't shoot at anything is just stood next to me and I'm hammering the save me button and she's not doing (laughs) anything and then I died and I'm like great okay Um, but yeah when, when you run in that game in particular the the way that the gun throws around the screen and the way that, oh, the way that the screen moves, it, I mean, it makes me feel nauseous even just thinking about it. I got past the first boss, and the first boss is what really did it for me because you have to sprint around a lot because it's lasers. And right. He he jumps around the map all the time, and I just put it down, and I don't think I can pick it back up. Mm-hmm. So I'm really bummed about that because I love Wolfenstein. So what I did instead is I picked up Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a good pick. Yeah. And I think because of Sekiro, I am just more in tune with playing aggressively. And I got, I, I'm up to Bloodstarved Beast. I did him. Oh, is this your first time? No, God, this is like my third time, but I've never finished it. Oh, okay. Uh, my reason for last time, last time I, I got really far in, this was last summer, and then I decided to pack up my life and move to San Francisco and And I took you know that'll do it yeah I took like two weeks off while I packed and unpacked and then that was enough I I think I was just annoyingly I was just about to go to Canehurst castle oh that's like like the best part of the game too and I was and I picked up again and I just went woof I can't do this anymore (laughs) you you finished Sekiro right no I got stuck I haven't finished it either. (laughs) I got stuck and then we went to E3 and it's the same deal where it's... If I try try to pick it up again and I go straight into that boss fight, I will be... I I feel like more so Sekiro is probably harder to come back to than Dark Souls because I I did a New Game Plus where I was trying to get one of the other endings and I'm like right at that ending and then I like took a break for a month. Came back and I was like, nope. (laughs) I'd have to start over at this point. I'm like, yeah. well, I've lost it. I feel like there's so many people just on the final boss of that game that just couldn't do it. And yeah. and they're like, I'll come back to this later. And then they don't. And yeah, <laughs> you if you wait long you enough, yeah. you're screwed. You might as well just start the whole game over. I think it's hard for us, too, because like we have to move on. Luckily, like Fire Emblem came at a good time where we don't have to move on from it very quickly. But every other game, I feel like you get a little while to play it. And then it's like, well, I, I have to stop because I have to play this other game. It's going to be September. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, I can't talk about what it is, but there's a game that we got a little early mm-hmm. that I'm very glad we got early because I was like, oh my God, there's so many games coming out Yeah, in September. It's like one every three, four days. Yeah. That's like a big game. And I'm like, oh my God. Like Gears is coming real Borderlands. soon. Borderlands. I mean, for me, because I'm not on editorial anymore, it's like a little less of a time pressure, 
but instead it's more of an internal pressure where I want to be You want to be part of the, part of the chat Yeah, exactly. What everyone's talking about. Especially here, it's like tough to avoid those kind of so chats. We have so many Slack channels. Yeah. <laughs> Well, even like there, there are times where a g there's a game that I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I, I'm going to play it. And then I come in the office and everyone's talking about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is exactly <laughs> I why have to I play it play now. Fire Emblem. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is raving about it. <laughs> and because of my my review that that I wrote. Well, of course, too I much. did very much enjoy your. Did you did you did you mm -hmm. read the whole thing? Yeah, I'm I did. so impressed. I could barely finish writing it. It was so long. <laughs> uh, Callie, what have you been playing? Uh, well, Fire Emblem. But I could talk about the other game that you've listed here, which is Siege. Yeah, I've been playing more Siege. I mean, not not this past week, but I I have been. Uh, I finally got on the Siege train, which was um, a long time coming because I've had that game. I have it on Xbox, and I've had that game on Xbox for years. And then I it's have still it. in the shrink wrap, huh? Your Xbox. It's a hundred percent still in the shrink wrap. Uh, well, I got it. I I didn't. I got it from work at the time. Yeah. And then um, Matt Paget, um, who is now with us, he's Yay. back with us. Shout out to Matt Paget. Um, he had bought me a copy for Christmas 2017. Aww. Um, so you I finally cracked it open. <laughs> I finally cracked <laughs> it open. A couple months ago. <laughs> in his honor. And um, To be fair, you were waiting on a PC upgrade. My PC had totally just died. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so I started playing Siege and I enjoy that game. I'm having fun, like, slowly getting to know some of the operators because mm -hmm. there's a lot. It's one of those games that I kind of wished I had jumped on earlier, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel like it's changed so much since it launched that, like, it, it would be very different Yeah. Um, if I had started playing it earlier. so Yeah, uh -huh. I was going to ask how that learning curve is going because I started, well, I, I got the game when it first came out, so I was familiar with the original operators, and then... I got a PC version, I think, after year two it just wrapped up, and now they're on year four. Uh, so I only had to familiarize myself with like a dozen operators or so, but even that was a lot. Well, and I can't imagine coming into that with, I think there's 54 or something like that. Good like, Lord. Yeah, there's a lot of operators. Because mm -hmm. they, do, they do around eight a year, I guess, because mm -hmm. they do two every three months. Oh, see, I mean, so as a... Hey, it's, it's the Overwatch minute. Well, <laughs> uh, so Overwatch is up to, what, Hero 31. I've been playing that game since it came out. And I even struggle to sort of like say to people, you should play Overwatch. But I always give them like, you should play this very specific character first. You should start with mm -hmm. Soldier because he's you yeah. know, pretty mm -hmm. much the easiest guy. And then maybe if you want to support, go Lucio. Like, But there's so much to that game now, and especially with Roll lock roll queue whatever it's is there not a point where siege and overwatch are gonna have picks and bands well siege already does Oh, siege does uh, yeah. although it was really interesting because they were pushing this pick and ban mode for a while mm. and then it kind of fell off and they have stopped talking about it. i think they might still use it in the uh in the competitive scene yeah that um, makes more sense. but they don't really use it in casual or even ranked i think at this point yeah um but i think the thing that siege has going for it is that there's no, like, at the end of the day, you're just trying to shoot the other person in the head and everyone yeah. can do that. Like, everyone mm -hmm. has the tools to do that and people die instantly. Mm -hmm. So your gadgets are more of support for the most part. Yeah. So if you don't know how to use them, you're not necessarily going to suck because yeah. you can, if you shoot them in the head quicker than they shoot you, you're good. But if you know how to use those gadgets, then you're going to have an advantage. I was going to say, like, in, in Siege, even if you die, you can still be useful. Mm -hmm. Whereas oh, yeah. in, it was in Overwatch, it's... Yeah, you die, you have the short respawn, but it's, you know, you, if you have a DPS who's not, like, it's if you're not doing your job properly. That's mm -hmm. the thing that gets me is, like, that must be so difficult to get to grips with coming into that game as a new player. Whereas with Siege, it's, you know, you have one objective, but you can still be useful if, even if you don't fulfill it. Yeah, like, if Unless you... Unless you throw a bomb at the, or a grenade at the hostage, and then you're not useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to play Overwatch? We play on PS4 those weekends. Please play me. <laughs> I I stopped I played Overwatch when it came out and I stopped playing because I dared to try a new character and my friend who was playing with me yelled at me. So. Oh no. No. No good. Gatekeeping. Yeah. Terrible. Well, like I fucked it up, of course, because I'd never played that character before. Right. And I got yelled at. Well, I was gonna talk about Fire Emblem and Rainbow Six Siege, but that's already been talked about. So I guess we can just move on to the topics of the week. What have you seen? <laughs> if, you, if, if it's not something you've played, seen? have you seen any movies or anything? 
I mean, Ooh. I guess I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, we could talk about how yeah. Quentin Tarantino loves them feet. He does love feet. I mean, no kink shame. It's 2019. Oh, yeah, no kink shame. No I just, I want to, like, that's like a, there are a lot of feet. He's just fully embraced being a footboy, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause Come to terms with it, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because that's like been an in-joke forever. But Wiggle a, your big toe. On like a smaller scale. And yeah. now like everyone's very openly talking about it. Like <laughs> It just, it made me really uncomfortable because the bit where she puts her feet on the dashboard. That was so yeah, gross. That, that just gross. made me really uncomfortable. And normally like, fine with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, you know, it's just the thing is too much feet. I bet he's got a really active wiki feet profile. I haven't seen yeah. the movie yet, so but I'm I'm trying to picture how how this is so gross. She it's had just her egregious f- use of feet. It, it, it use her, of feet. Her feet. <laughs> so it's a hippie girl's feet. So they're dirty. They got okay. they got what appears to be bunions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So that was the it was just a lot to take in at once. It and was not the first feet scene, though. So you had been eased into it by Margot Robbie's feet. Of course. But, you know, it was yeah. a lot. Fewer slurs, though. Fewer slurs than than some of his mm. his more recent work. So the, the, the thing that got me, I think, when is it Pussycat? Yeah, that's her mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Uh, so not an actual member of the Manson family, but like based off of them. She gets picked up in a car and she is like flirting with Brad Pitt's character. Um, Which like understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Still looks great. And then she puts her feet on the dashboard. And first of all, I was like, well, if you get into a car accident, your oh. knees are going to <laughs> you're, you're done. <laughs> uh, but there's just this shot where I think it's the cameras on the dashboard and looking in. Uh, sorry, on the, on the hood of the car looking in. And her feet are just squished up against the glass. And it's in the really in the forefront of the shot. And it's all you can focus on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like it's he does that a couple times in the movie where the feet are in the foreground of the shot. And it's really hard to focus on what's going on behind, even though they're out of focus. That somehow makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what makes it what, what makes it weird is just knowing Quentin Tarantino is like uh, probably a little too into the scene while they're filming it. And yeah. it's like, oh, this. Oh, because yeah, all the stuff came out about, was it Selma Hayek? Having yeah. To, like actually lick his feet on a shoot. No, I thought, he, I thought he. It's the other way around. Or a I think. scene that he wrote and someone had to suck he, someone's He toes wrote a it. scene where he got to, I'm going to, he got to suck her toes. No kink shame. No kink shame. And then he, and then he dies. what you're into. <laughs> do, do what you want to do with feet if you have consent. It was just a lot um, to take lot. in in that movie. Yeah. Also, a lot of shots of uh, Brad Pitt's moccasins. Yeah, some. I was some, like, are, are is this also part of the feet thing, or is this mm-hmm. I, is this like a, a thing I'm supposed to pay attention to? Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of like, yeah. what's up with the moccasins? So it'll like, be something that'll be dissected by video essays for years <laughs> to come. Yeah. Um, oh. One thing I will say about it is that uh, so obviously, Mindhunter season two is out next week <laughs> yeah, on your birthday. On my birthday. Um. And it's the same guy who plays Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. and in Mindhunter Season 2, but he's not really in. It's barely in Once Upon a Time Barely in, in Once Upon a Time, which I found very surprising. Hmm. I did really like it overall, though, I think. Like, when I saw it at the time, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thinking about it more, I, I do think I like it quite a bit. I want to see it again. My one problem with, um, not the film itself, but... Uh, I guess with the length of it is that my back gave out halfway through. So I have an old whiplash injury and I can't sit in a one position for too long because it just becomes really uncomfortable. And so I went to see it with Chastity, uh, who works on our universe team. And I said to her at the end and I said, could you tell that I was really uncomfortable? And she went, yeah, for like the last hour of that movie, (laughs) we're just squirming. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't because it was making me uncomfortable. It was just my back. So I want to see it again in a more forgiving environment where I can get up and walk around and yeah mm. that's probably the way to do it because that is a long movie and it's oddly mm. paced yeah. it, it is yeah. definitely a Quentin Tarantino movie and that there is no three act structure it's just kind of mm. scenes cut together that have some sort of through line but usually the scenes are very entertaining so that pulls you through it and most of the scenes are very entertaining mm. but still without that three act structure it can be yeah. it can feel pretty long yeah soundtrack slaps though oh, soundtrack's great good. Deep Purple. Yeah. 
Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk more about Fire Emblem. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so the reason, well, I, I feel like a lot of people have been talking about the Fire Emblem romances, and Callie and I have had many conversations about the Fire Emblem romance, Fire Emblem Three Houses romance. I'll take it away. Yeah, why been, don't, this is this is your topic. It's been really annoying me. I've been seeing a lot of articles about the the romances and the you know like this and that about the lack of queer romances. And I understand, like, obviously, I think if you're going to, you know, have a, a bunch of characters, it makes sense for some of them to be queer. It's like, I, I, I want more representation, of course. But it, I think it's, a, it's, it's not a good argument because the game doesn't really have romances. It only has the hint of romances. And so I tweeted about this a little bit. I think if you're going to have that hint of marriage, you either have every character be available like every character be bi essentially right. or you have some characters that are dedicated gay characters but they Fire Emblem has a couple of queer options that are also available to the opposite gender um, or just like not do them just not have any romance or, or at all. especially in it, like yeah. the context of Fire Emblem Three Houses you're a teacher it, it felt you're a teacher and like it felt so I don't want to say an afterthought but it just felt kind of tacked on so how does it work actually so yeah, well, I mean, so there's been such a conversation about this, and it's not even, it's... It's like, out of the probably 300 scenes in that game, there's probably like 10 that have to do with romance, and they're so awkward. It's, yeah, so the way it works is, the reason people are are talking about it at all is because in previous Fire Emblem games, if you reached S rank, that was like the romance level, uh, support level, right? I was gonna... S for sex, right? I was gonna say sex rank, yeah. Yeah, the sex rank. <laughs> Uh, I got you. I got you. (laughs) If you don't want to say it, I will. Um, So I think coming off of previous Fire Emblem games, specifically Awakening and Fates, you look at that and you say, okay, I can only get S rank with these girls as the female professor, which means those are the queer girls. And like, yes, I at the when I started playing the game, I was a little disappointed because I was like, oh, you know, like I don't have any. I played as the Blue Lions. There weren't any. The only um, queer option in the Blue, Blue Lions for girls is uh, Mercedes. She's like a Onesan figure, very matronly. And I was like, I'm not going to. Uh, no. So, <laughs> uh, so I was initially kind of disappointed. So I get the disappointment. But when you get to the end of the game... Basically, and this isn't even a spoiler because like the it's such a minor thing. There are so many other like rich story beats in this game. You basically choose somebody. There's one guy that asks you if you could maybe marry someone who who would, who would it be, and you pick from a list, and then you get one scene, one scene from that, and it's not even. It's just kind of this like, what if we got married? <laughs> It's like the 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 meme that's like, what if we were both girls and we kissed in eclairs or whatever? It's like that. And then at the end of the game, you have an option to pick from a, a list of people in your house who are options to your character. And then you get another one scene. Okay. So it's, it's, not, it's not romance. Yeah, it's not like Persona levels or previous Fire Emblem games. And, and I think... I, I imagine all the comparisons to Persona 5 probably also didn't do it any favors, too. I think a lot right. of people were expecting, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a Persona game, uh, and there's it's 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 an anime Persona ga- like Persona-style game. There's got to be romances, especially coming off Fire Emblem. The other Fire Emblem games, you'd expect, like, mm, there'd be something yeah, there. Awakening is so romance-focused. Awakening and, and Fates, as you said, mostly, like, Birthright, um, but this is... It's it's pretty absent, and thankfully it is because I, like I I always thought that stuff was like fun in older Fire Emblem games. Like it was fun matchmaking, and especially in Awakening, how you'd matchmake and then they'd and then time travel bullshit would happen, and then they'd have a kid all of a sudden that was in your army too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was always fun, but the actual like romance part was really bad. Like the it was just like all right, they paired up, they had a conversation. Like you weren't really in it for. I don't know, to see their relationship. It was just like, I want a new character and I like them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I the thing that bothers me, and normally I don't do this. Normally I don't I'm not like gatekeepy like this, but all of the article like all of this the discussion I've seen on the queer romances in Fire Room are coming from people who haven't finished the game. And I know it's a long game and I get it, and normally I don't do this, but like this it 
it's really misrepresenting what's in this game mm. when you haven't finished it yet and you look at the thing you look at a menu it says s rank and you make a conclusion which is i did that while i was playing but i played it before i had an embargo so i didn't say anything and then i finished the game and i was like oh never mind mm. right. um so i've just been really frustrated I think the game is better for not having romance. I do. I, it would be fun to to match make the students. I'm really glad I'm not having extensive romances with my students, yeah. even though there is a time skip. Like that's weird. It's not good. Not good. Yeah. Not. It's not. It's a little bit of a. Some of them are pretty old though, like some of the students. Yeah, there's isn't like, like twenty years. Isn't like Dedue like popular age plus seven? Twenty four. Well, like aren't that? you like the same age? As the you're the, you're, you, oh, yeah. Your age is ambiguous. Yeah, but they, I remember in the beginning, they were like, oh, you're like around our age. And I was the like, age, oh, okay. The age right. is not, not the concern for me. It's sure, the, sure. It's the power dynamic. But yeah, um, no, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the game could have done away with S-rank entirely or had S-rank level conversations that weren't romantic with characters. But I, as it stands, it's just like such a, a non- thing yeah i mean in general in games i've always found it kind of weird how like romance is supposed to be the ideal like top reward Good achievements for him for like mm-hmm. hanging like it on the one hand like with mass effect i like that i think they got better about it over time but yeah. i always i like i go back and forth on it where like i i hated that there were some characters that if you didn't pursue the romance option their dialogue was like severely limited. You'd only have like three, you have like, ha- like their dialogue would be like cut in half in terms of like actually getting to learn about them more as a character. And I think they got like better about that over time where um, they would like have more routes for like, you know, platonic relationship versus romance. But just the idea of a game being like your reward for hanging out with this person is a romance is like, it doesn't have to be that all the time. Yeah. And I, like nothing about Fire Emblem to me, feels like I need to romance these characters. Like, I'd rather just get to know them and yeah. be, like, good friends with them. Yeah, I mean, some of them are flirty, and that that largely depends on their personality. Um, you can have tea parties, which is the most anime thing in the game. It's um, also very awkward, too. You can have tea parties with anybody. Like, <laughs> like the best is Felix. You take Felix, and he's like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, like, I'd rather they had had queer relationships among the student like if like because there's some students that flirt with each other right and there's like little like scenes with them yeah if they the the thing that bothers me is when uh, relationship options are by by default but the characters are only are only gay if they're with you you know what i mean Mm. so like if you're female if you're a female character and the female romance options are only queer just because they're dating you Mm -hmm. it i don't think that's like good writing um, but I, the, the other thing is, no, this isn't, ex- isn't an excuse, but this is a, a Japanese game. And I think Japanese games are going to be a little bit behind where we might want them to be in terms of these things. Not that Japanese, Japan is like super not progressive, but especially with like male, male relationships, you, mm. that's, uh. A dicey thing i think it can be complicated and i think to like criticize it outright especially when it's not even a thing is just like it's making too much out of it mm-hmm. yeah well um the next story is about the ooblets controversy Ooh. Uh, Ooh, we getting spicy today yeah so oh, boy i have notes here i'm gonna try not to mess anything up because i want to make sure i get this story correct but uh so the story is for those of you who haven't heard uh Ben Wass, I think is how you pronounce it, and Rebecca accordingly uh, are creating a farming game called Ooblets. It uh, looks super cool. Yeah, it looks very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part, at least partially funded through Patreon, uh, and it was expected to hit like all platforms. I don't know if they specified whether that would be Steam, but they pretty much said like it'll be on all platforms. Um, and then they struck a deal with Epic, and then they made it an Epic exclusive, and boy... Have they gone through a shitstorm because mm-hmm. of it? Really uh, gone through the ringer, yeah. So why why are they? Because this has happened before, where um, devs have had an epic exclusive and they've gotten shit. Why why specifically is this one the the, the boiling point where it's so, it's gotten so toxic? From what I can tell, 
it seems like it's two things. The first is that the Patreon promised that I, I don't know if it directly promised it would be on Steam, but a lot of people figured the way it was worded that this game would come to Steam when it's ready. Uh, and it is still coming to Steam, by the way. It is only a timed exclusive with, well, I, it is a timed exclusive with Epic. I don't know if it's coming to Steam, but I'd have to imagine, you know, right. it would once this timed exclusive runs out. And then the other thing is uh, the response, the, the developer's response to the people complaining was rather snarky. Well, they, their uh, mm. announcement, it was the announcement of the Epic exclusivity. That right? was snarky, that too, was, right? I mean, but, like, it wasn't, you know, yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah, it open it, now. It's so, like they have a whole segment in the blog post that says, Angry Epic, Us, The World, and, yeah. Because they, they kind of anticipated this yeah, might happen? Yeah, they anticipated it, and a lot of people had issues with the... the tone of mm -hmm. it like you mentioned um but like they've been it seems like from what i can tell they've been very open with their backers and community and it's not a huge game right i think they kind of figured that their backers would think that was funny right they're like oh yeah everyone is annoyed mm. with epic but it would just you know roll off that would be it yeah um that clearly did not happen uh and it's still got not uh nuts. still not an invitation to get um graphic threats no yeah. that so in, in with other games, I've, I've, I can see the merit to like there have been games where they, they have been crowdfunded through like Kickstarter and they explicitly in their goals promise, mm -hmm. hey, it's coming to this platform when it releases. There's a lot of people who specifically, you know, put their money in like I'm helping fund this to get it on that platform. So then when it gets an epic deal, I can at least understand that that frustration. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there there is a, an argument to be made against that. The second you start making death threats doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That argument goes out the window. Mm -hmm. Like any 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 legitimate you've you've delegitimized any like points you've made because you are now making death threats and that sucks. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't matter what they did or didn't do. You don't get to I mean, I've seen some of the things that they that they've gotten yeah, and it's really horrific actually. Yeah. Do I mean And I have to wonder how many of those people even like are part of their care Patreon the or like yeah, care about the game like, or just like, I on. want to hop on this hate bandwagon. Does this kind of thing happen? Like, forgive my ignorance if there has been a very, you know, famous case of it, but when Kickstarters fail and like games don't get delivered, do they get any vitriol on this <sighs> well, level? I, like, not I, Mighty Number no. 9, maybe? Yeah. And, that was and, kind of and, the most if, and if one. it does like straight up yeah. fail, right? If they don't raise the money, like everyone gets the money back. Who, but there, who there's been in. somewhere, you but, know, yeah. like the game just, I mean, I read about one not too long ago, like a year or so ago, where just like the game developer vanished. Yeah, well, that's like, the thing is usually the like, game yeah, developer disappears. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who are you going to get mad at because the they're, they're gone? <laughs> yeah. And I think part of it, too, is like everyone's just so mad at Epic anyway, that people who probably didn't even know about this game or care about this game, when they found out it was an Epic Store exclusive, they... We're like, all right, now it's time to make my Twitter account where I can just, like, hurl insults at these people all day long. Yeah, and, like, the the one thing where I can see people getting disappointed is Epic. The Epic Store doesn't allow all kinds of currency or doesn't support all kinds right. of currency. So mm -hmm. certain countries are going to be locked out of this game. Um, like, if you live in a certain area, if the Epic Store doesn't take your currency, you can't buy it. But for anyone who lives in America who's pulling that shit. Yeah, it's just people who are too lazy to download. It's just like you to don't want to download the driver. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the, the, the uh, launcher. Yeah, launcher. But, it, and it's also, it's also coming to Xbox too. So there's, it, there's other options, right? It's not yeah. like the only way you can possibly play this game is if you download uh, Epic Games Launcher and buy it from there. And also, like, they get more money from, like, Epic is giving, like... I I like the fact that they get a bigger cut if they sell their games through Epic as opposed to Steam because mm -hmm. I think it's time for someone to really challenge Steam. Well, and, uh, like that's the best thing for like it sucks having all these launchers, but the best thing for the people who are playing these games is to someone to go toe to toe with Steam. There needs to be some competition, mm. right? And and as a developer, because a lot of these deals, uh, I don't know if it's the case with every game, but I know some of the games they just straight up are like how much sales do you think you're going to make or, or, or are you hoping to make and then epic just straight up matches that for them really in some cases mm -hmm. yes yeah uh and so it's like basically it's, they're being offered like we it's like a fail safe yeah like you will essentially already have all of the money you needed to make for this game to be successful and then you're getting additional money on top of that for many sales so it's like if you're a developer 
why wouldn't you take that deal? And there's a there's a really good tweet from uh, Rami, mm. uh, who's like, all the people who are like complaining at these devs for like taking this would 100% take that deal themselves. Like, are you kidding? Like, of course you would. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like my small indie dev like studio gets to guaranteed stay alive regardless how well this game sells. Of course you do that. Given the volatility of the indie game, like the indie dev market too, yeah. like mm-hmm. you're really not guaranteed. Like it's a hard. It's hard to be an indie dev. Oh, what was that? And it's only like from... a year exclusivity too. That's what they said. Like yeah. it's a year. What Just wait. Thing? And in a lot of cases, there have been games, game devs who have said like, oh, we actually did. Like people are like, oh, like they're just not going to sell any because we're going to boycott it. And it's like, no, actually we totally sold plenty of copies and we were fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, I think the the first big like AAA game that was a uh, epic exclusive was um, Metro Exodus. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that game only sold for $50 instead of $60. And I don't know if this is necessarily true, but like you kind of have to wonder. I wonder if it was cheaper because they're getting a bigger cut. So they were like, mm. we don't need to sell this game at 60 because Probably. we're getting a bigger cut because we were selling it through Epic Games. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that Epic was like, how much do you guys think you're going to sell? We'll pay you some up front right now. Right. Uh, but still, like the fact that a AAA game, like a really good AAA game, released at $50 is pretty rad. Yeah. I, I'm wondering how long Epic can keep this up, though. Like, they just, they're just throwing money at people, and obviously it's because, like, you know, the success of Fortnite, but, like, eventually they got to run out of money, right? Like, I mean, I guess just keep doing it You'd until... You'd be surprised, John luc <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't Fortnite make, like, a ridiculous amount of money every, like, Well, on I top guess, of that, you have, you have investors, you have... Right. Mm-hmm. Engine. The, and yeah, the engine, unreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, you know what? True. Yeah. 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 I think it's just overall, it's just a sad situation all around. Definitely. Um, obviously, as a, I'm not a game developer, but I can imagine you do not want to potentially isolate or feel like you have a disconnect with your audience. You certainly don't want to say. And I mean, like, I guess that's why PR is there, right? Is right. So that you're not saying things that could potentially be misinterpreted by an audience. And then as well, you have the audience who, yeah, as John Luke said, you kind of lose any point where, as soon as you start making death threats to people. But if they feel like there's a disconnect. And the thing is as well, like all of the the regular responses that are just people being disappointed have been completely drowned out by... Yeah. By the shitty stuff, the yeah. really terrible stuff. So like the people who actually care are getting totally shouted down. Yeah, I mean like, because that does suck, right? Like if you back this game and you're really excited for this game and you're disappointed... Like that that kind of sucks, but also the fact that I imagine a lot of these people have to be just jumping on the bandwagon to hurl more insults at people who have decided to do epic exclusive deal. I am just waiting for the Ooblets release date. I've been excited for this game since I first heard about it. Yeah, that was really cool. Because it's basically just like Animal Crossing meets Pokemon, and instead of the Pokemon fighting, the Ooblets dance. Yeah, super sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to another uh, happy story. Spicy oh. story. <laughs> Borderlands Private Investigators is what I have here. Woof. Uh, all right, so this is another one that I don't want to mess up the facts on because there's a lot of threads going I, on. I, I had to reread that article. Yeah, and, and I might get some things wrong. I apologize, but I'm going to try to hit everything. So a YouTuber found some public info about Borderlands 3 uh, and covered it through one of his videos. So I, I'm doing public in quotes because this is like kind of pretty well hidden stuff. Like he tracks some things back and they mine the steam database and stuff like that to figure out some very specific info that then he made videos on. Um, 2k considered this a leak and they sent PIs to his house uh, shortly. And shortly after that, his discord server was shut down and he had seven strikes on his YouTube channel. Um, apparently according to take two that they've been investigating this guy for 10 months now. And he had been, he had been doing a lot of like leaking different things and he was, I don't know, kind of a, kind of a loose cannon, I guess. Yeah. Basically his channel for the last year is just been, he, he's like specifically a Borderlands mm-hmm. YouTuber. So he makes like videos about like Borderlands one and two. And for the last year he's been just making like kind of like leak videos like he he's gotten a lot of information about borderlands and like the the playable characters correct like before the game even got officially announced so he's clearly had inside sources he kind of claims like oh like 
data miners and and people in his community have kind of been like giving him tips. So he obviously has been getting information from somewhere mm-hmm. and enough that 2K has felt like there is clearly some sort of breach happening yeah, with him. And, and in his video that he did, because of course you have to do a YouTube video about this if this happens to you, uh, he, he said, um, maybe I like went a little too hard. Maybe I got a little too excited and I wasn't quite thinking and I probably should have backed off on some of that stuff. So that kind of makes you think like, eh, maybe this guy wasn't like completely innocent, you know, in this situation. Uh, but still for two private investigators show up to your house over some YouTube videos you made. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. Cause they, they got his discord shut down because they said he was like sharing, sharing cracks and yeah. and stuff. Uh, or at least that's what he was saying in the video and yeah, for PIs to come and is this, I don't know. This is the first time this is this kind of thing has come out in the news. Is this going to be? Well, the... no, actually, it hadn't oh. because uh, I forgot where I read this. Oh, I forgot where I read this. But a modder was working on a GTA Five mod. I don't remember what it was, but mm. the same thing. Two PIs came to that person's house, and I think they had him. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember entirely, but there is a very similar story with Take Two about this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which is wild. It had something to do with GTA Five. I think it was like a couple years ago. It was. I don't remember what kind of mod it was, mm. but. Yeah. Why so, send PIs rather than just like a cease and desist? Yeah, like an email. Start with an email. Start a letter. With a, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Escalate from there. I think partly because they didn't know where these leaks were coming from or mm. where he was getting these. So I think they sent people there to try to figure that out so they right. could plug at, that leak. At that point, it's proprietary information. Yeah. Um, mm. But still, it's just, at least for the, you know, a cease and desist, they can hopefully stop it. And I guess they did that. They issued seven strikes on his channel and they... I think all have been removed except one. Yeah. I think I remember Apparently a bunch of his videos have been taken off as well. I think he maybe took some of them off. Yeah. The spiciest reveals. Yeah. 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 But but that's why uh, hashtag boycott Borderlands was trending. I can't believe this is the thing that finally got hashtag (laughs) boycott. Whatever, but this. Randy Pitchford. Who cares? (laughs) But this YouTuber. I mean, yeah. It it is like. (laughs) I, I'm curious, like, what Take-Two's thought behind this, though, is because at the end of the day, this person is hyping the game up a ton, and he's one of the biggest people in this Borderlands community. I can see them being frustrated with these leaks, but at the same time, the biggest Borderlands fans, the people who are most excited for this game, are coming to his channel mm. to see what he has. And when they shut him down, like, there's got to be a lot of fans who are like, wow. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they- the comments on his video are very much like... Not just the hashtag boycott Borderlands, but they're all super disappointed because he's one of their own, right? Yeah. yeah. And especially like I feel like the Borderlands community, at least the way they want to make it seem is like, oh, yeah, like everyone's welcome. Like we love like, I don't know, like blowing shit up and having fun. <laughs> and, and I, I, yeah, it just it doesn't seem as like, I don't know, as, as formal as, mm. you know, some of these sure. other companies. But clearly to see like kind of the 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 way that content creators now sort of coexist along with the development of games. Like if you look at stuff like Apex, for example, like Shroud, because mm-hmm. um, I love Shroud, he <laughs> obviously plays a ton of Apex, but he was talking, I think, when Watson was revealed and he was like, well, when I played her last year, like before she'd even been announced and they were still working on the character, like they bring in the top people who play yeah. their games to yeah. offer advice as the game's going through development. And it's like, So you have, on the one hand, you have a company, a development company who is embracing their community and what they think their community wants to see. And then on the other hand, you have, and the thing is as well, it's like, part of me is like, this is not, this is not necessarily them being the the bad guys if NDAs are being breached. Right. Yeah. If sensitive information like this is being leaked, obviously they need to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah, It's intellectual property at that point. But he's still... At least in the video, he was claiming that this stuff was public knowledge, that they just did a poor job of covering up, which... one of them was like a Twitch thing, right? Yeah, so there and was the like... Steam database. I forget what happened. It, it was like, I don't know. He got... He subscribed to some people he thought were some of the developers or something like that. And, uh, and they were like these random strings and numbers that didn't make any sense. And a couple of them went live or something like that. And he... Or I don't know if they went live, but he managed to pull information from those streams or something like that. I don't know. It, it was like 
quite the threat. So. Oh, here it is. In a so this is from the Kotaku article, and it was, In a video revealing Borderlands 3's official Twitch extension, a username that at first appeared to be a, a string of gibberish ended up being a very real Twitch account, which in its archives included a brief snippet of unreleased Borderlands 3 gameplay. So this is, he, this is what he explained in his video. So he found this account and several others to which it was a linked, which led fans to be able to data mine the Twitch extension, which gave them early information on gameplay elements like all the character skill trees. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if that's the only way he got this information, this seems more like a 2K problem. Yeah, 2K problem. They're just not covering their tracks. Yeah. But then, but then 2K claims it wasn't just that, that it yeah. was other stuff as well. And that like he had information that they're like, there's no way he could have gotten that from anything else. So it, it's a little bit of he, sh he said, she said right now, but I, I do understand mm. take two's like, like you said, it's, you know, their intellectual property, like they're just trying to protect it. But yeah, it's like that guy, he said uh, that he's like, I don't even know if I'm going to play Borderlands 3. Like, I don't know what the future of this channel is. Like, mm -hmm. I I hope he has a day job and he didn't yeah. bank everything into just because he put out videos like every like two days. Yeah. Well, uh, the hottest YouTube videos are the comeback. Well, the apology ones are number one, and the comeback ones comeback are number, ones two. number two. Yeah. But, so. but when you put all your stock into just one series like that, and, and then yeah. this happens to you, it's like, what do you do? Like, yeah. yeah. Take two probably has a lot years. of money, though. So. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, I think that about wraps up episode one of mm. GameSpot After Dark. So normally we're going to end these episodes with uh, community questions. So if you guys have any questions for us, any things you want us to discuss... Uh, please fire us an email at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. Uh, we'll be looking through all of those, uh, so make sure to get those in before next week. We typically record Thursday, end of day, so try to get them in before that. You can find me at Jacob Deck on Twitter, and I just posted a cool cyberpunk video that you should check out on YouTube. Uh, Jean-Luc, what are you? Uh, you can find me at Jean-Luc Seipke. Uh, you can find me at Lucy James Games. And you can find me at Inky Dojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O on Twitter. That's me. It's a good username. I like it. I if think it's you, adorable. That's very sweet of you. I like the song. Everyone likes the song, right? I've been doing that song since the days of Anime Club at IGN. And now it lives on once yeah. again. On a new podcast. GameSpot yeah. After Dark. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye.